Today's presentation, guys, on the 30 days of dedication is called Overcoming Fear in Football. Um, let's start off with a, a few questions here, okay? When have you felt fear in football? When have you felt a bit scared? When have you felt a bit down in your football career? Um, when have you felt scared to do something? When have you felt a bit apprehensive? When, when have you felt fear? When have you felt fear? I'm asking you guys. Um, first example for me of when I felt real fear in football, I think it was about the age of 11 or 12 when I was going to my one of my first tryouts and I felt, fear, felt fearful. I thought like, what is the coach thinking? Um, how should I play in front of a coach? How should I, you know, it, it felt like there was pressure on me. So I felt fear. I felt fear, you know? Um, and Brian says he feels fear before the game. Evan says he feels fear in his first team match. Um, Afsul says he feels fear when he plays against bigger players and in decisive matches. Marcos says when he plays games at county level, he gets scared to make mistakes. Now, this is something I'm so interested in, guys, because Marcos says that he, when he plays at county level, he gets scared to make mistakes. But I imagine you don't feel the same fear when you just play with friends at school. Um, Brian says, well, he feels fear because I think I will make big mistakes. Sherrock says minutes before the game. Thicker. Well done, Fika. Good to see you. Fika says before matches when I was younger and also before the trial. So, so fear is like everybody gets it. Um, we all see as a community, as we, as we speak about it right now in this Demio chat, that we all go through moments of, of fear, moments where we feel like, you know, we don't know if we can do something. We don't know if, if it's going to work out. We don't know if, you know, what that other person is thinking. And I want to be the first to tell you guys that this fear is completely normal, okay? Um, fear is just an everyday part of bettering yourself. It's an everyday part of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And as we've talked about in the previous webinars, guys, we know that putting yourself in uncomfortable situations helps you grow. It helps you learn. It helps you mature. It helps you become better faster. So. Before I get into everything else, my name is Nick Humphreys. If, you, if it's your first time on this webinar, uh, I was offered a contract to play professionally in Hungary. That's a European country um, at age 18. I've played in six countries, Hungary, England, Amsterdam. I played in a, in a kind of fishing town, <laughs> a small village in Scotland. That was an interesting experience. Um, played in Hungary, played in Zurich, Switzerland, um, being paid to play the game. Um, been offered many opportunities to play the game, and now I'm proud to say that that this game is 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 very much central to my life as we build in London here. Um, train effective. Now, if you can see what's behind me, if I just show you real quick, guys, is that this is real. <laughs> I am real. Um, we are. If you see behind me, we are at the the YouTube space today in in the central London office. Um, this is where a lot of the magic happens. And you can see, even next to me right now, let's just take this light off. Give me a second. If we just take this light off, 
you see right next to me right now, you'll see some London cabs. So, and there's one moving right now. So, Evan, you're definitely going to see a few of these London cabs. Let's see if someone waves and says hello. All right. Do you think we can get someone to wave and say hello? No? All right. No one says, no one wants to say hello. But you might see uh, a few people say hello later. All right. So that's where we that's where we are right now. Um, now, let's get right back into it. Think of yourself scoring a penalty. Think of yourself scoring a penalty. I want you to get right now in that zone. Okay, your school is watching you. Your teammates are watching you. This penalty could be the the penalty that wins the Champions League. This could be the penalty that just wins the game. This could just be the penalty. But let's say that this penalty is an important penalty to you. Let's say you've been playing for your school team and you've made it to the last match of the season. And that last match of the season is the final of the school's cup. And you know, if you win that game, you're going to have this fantastic trophy for the rest of your life. You can hold up and display and think, yes, I scored that penalty or I, I had the nerves, I had the, the, the courage to take that penalty and score it, all right? <laughs> it just makes me smile every time I, I think about that thought, okay? So, so let's think about that. How do you feel? The ref has told you to come up. You're the fifth penalty taker. If you score this, you win the game. How do you feel? How do you feel in the moments where you walk up from the halfway line to the penalty box? How do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> How do you feel? And I'm, I'm loving, 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 loving these responses already. Look at this. I love reading your responses. So if you're listening on the podcast after this is done, make sure you come here live because you can you can interact with us all. Nick says calm. Oscar says I, I try to calm myself, but I'm mostly stressed. Yike says confident. Yike says, and this is great. Yike says she's confident. She's already decided in her head where she's going to shoot. She's already decided. Now, Yike, I want to ask you, how long in advance have you made this decision? Have you already decided that you're going to shoot like the day before the match or on the day or just on your feeling? When did you make that decision? Um, Afsel says, I'd say calm, compose, and finesse it in the bottom corner. Confidence is key in penalties. Love that. Um, <laughs> now, David just scored, said I scored. Now, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take Sharuk, okay? Because Sharuk says he's stressed. Sharuk says he's approaching that penalty spot, putting the ball on the ground, and he is stressed. Maybe he's focusing on the crowd. The crowd is going, or the goalkeeper is taunting him like this. He's making weird hand movements, and Sharuk starts focusing on his hand movements. Sharuk looks at the hole in the ground. There's a hole next to the, where you hit the, hit the, hit the ball. So he's thinking about that hole. Yeah. 
And Shirut goes up to take it. His legs are like this, trembling. They're trembling. Shirut goes up. Whistle blows. And then one, two, three, four steps. And he doesn't hit it as cleanly as he likes. He, he, he was thinking about the booze and the... And it hits the post and goes out. Oh. And Shiruk at the time wasn't even thinking which corner he's going to go. He's just going to hit it. Now, this is what I talk about when fear impacts your game. This is what I talk about when it's not just taking a penalty. It can be in a match. It can be when Marcos plays in his county team, when you go on a tryout, when you start thinking a lot. Because you fear what you start fearing more. What do other people think? What does the coach think? What does the crowd think? And these things, you know, if you're by yourself taking penalty, you might slam it down the middle. You might slam it the left. When you when you play with your friends and your friend is standing in goal, you might just slam it in the corner, the top corner, ten out of ten times. You'll just slam it every single time in the top left corner, top left corner. But somehow when it comes to a game or an important opportunity, you start really thinking about, well, what can happen, right? You start really thinking about what can, ha what can happen and, and you, miss, you miss your chance, your opportunity. It doesn't work, you know? It doesn't work. And this is the whole thing, guys. You've got to stay confident. You've got to stay calm. You've got to stay like, like it doesn't matter. All right? Now, here's what I want to say. If you focus, guys, on this is just so obvious, you know. If you get scared before a match, if you play with fear, you're never going to have your best performance. You just won't. So instead of, I want you to remove the word fear and put it, replace it with another word. I want to ask you guys, how we think about your best performance ever. Think about your best performance ever, your best game ever. It could be when you just scored a lot of goals or you could have just felt so confident. You could have felt, think about your best game ever. Now I want to ask you the question, when was your best game? When was your best game? What did it feel like? How did you perform? What did it feel like? How did you perform? Um, why was it your, your best game ever? Why was it your best game ever? Rory said, I felt like I couldn't be beaten. <laughs> Rory felt like he couldn't be beaten. Um, but really think about, about, you know, why, why, let's not say why yet, but just what did that best performance feel like and, and how did you perform? I felt confident because it was my best game. I made five assists. Everything just seemed, Hero says, everything just seemed easy, although the opponent was good. Nick says, when I single-handedly dominated the game offensively and defensively, I felt unstoppable. Fika said, I scored a last-minute winner. And this is a very, very good one from Abdul. Well done, Abdul. Um, this is a great one. 
I just didn't, Abdul says, I just didn't have to think about anything. Everything just came naturally. Now, best David, Abdul, Fika, Nick, all you guys, hero. Now, when you're going through this, guys, how did you feel before the game? Think about it. Let's reverse, reverse engineer this. How did you feel before going into the game? How did you feel before going into the game? Nick says, Nick says, I was calm and collective. Daniel says, I wanted the ball so much more. Hero says, I need to make an impact. Okay. How else did you guys feel? Best said, I just wanted to enjoy myself. Now, these things, guys, staying calm, enjoying myself. Um, David said, I made a bet with my friend. I play left back and I couldn't get a haircut until I scored. <laughs> That's fun. Evan says, um, I was with friends, so I didn't think about the game. Doran says, calm, and I was thinking about everything I did in training. And Marcos, here's the thing, Marcos. He says, I wasn't really worrying about the game. I just wanted to enjoy the game. So there's your answer, guys. Your best games, if you think about it, and this might be a revelation to you, okay? Your best games come when you're calm and you're excited. You're looking forward to it. You have a bet with your friends, so you're going you're gonna to score. Or um, you just wanted to enjoy the game. You maybe had a, had a tough day at school, so you just wanted to enjoy the game. Um, maybe maybe you, just, you just wanted to enjoy yourself. It's weekend. You're looking forward to the match the whole week. You couldn't just wait to play. Um, and Daniel, Daniel just wanted to be a star. He wanted the ball so much more. And this is it. Like, if you get excited before training, excited before a match, usually you have your best match. Usually you perform your best. Now just imagine that every time, every time you, you felt this way in a game, like you're like a little kid, think about it. How would you feel? You know, how would you play? When that opportunity comes for that tryout, when that opportunity comes in a big game, when that opportunity comes for a penalty, that you just close your eyes and you think, wow, what an opportunity this is. What a moment this is for me. And I've worked for this. I've practiced for this. So all I can do is just enjoy it now. Um, we, see, we see a penalty here. Someone that, uh, that epitomizes this kind of confidence is Sergio Ramos. Um, now, personally, guys, I don't like Sergio Ramos in the way he plays, but no two ways about it. He's extremely confident. You'll see his kind of level of, of arrogance on the, on the field. Um, but if you ever wanted someone to take a penalty, who would you pick in that team? You know, would it be, would it be um, Gareth Bale or would it be Sergio Ramos? And you would pick Ramos, right? Or you should because he's just that confident you think it doesn't matter if you know if he you could think okay this is the penalty that decides whether the world survives or the world dies you know let's just give that example yet you'd have Sergio Ramos not even thinking about that he's just thinking about how he's going to rocket the ball in the net you know and 
that kind of level of, of, of excitement, that kind of level of being calm and collected, that kind of level of, well, if no one else is going to take it, I guess I'm going to take it then because it's, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm confident, whatever. It's up to me, right? I'm just going to do it. Um, this is the kind of kind of level, that kind of thinking mentality, guys, that gets results. That's the kind of mentality that, that gets results, right? That's it. I um give you another another story, you guys. I was talking, I was not talking, but I was watching an interview with um, you know, the WWE wrestler. Do you guys know the WWE wrestler Triple H? I grew up watching him. Amazing. Um, love that guy. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H were my two favorites, and the and the Rock, the Rock. Um, something about wrestling is that these are all, all like when they come out on the ring and do their stuff. I mean, these guys really need to think, move after move, what they're going to do because because um, it's WWE, right? But um, you you they epitomize confidence when they're walking down that ring and they're doing that cocky walk or or whatever it is. That it's epitome of confidence. But Triple H, um, he was talking to Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather, obviously, is that the boxer, right? One of the most successful boxers in uh, in boxing history. Triple H was um, was with Floyd May Mayweather before his a huge fight with Marcus Maidana. Um, and Triple H was in the room with him. And Triple H said to Floyd, like, Floyd, um, why aren't you nervous, man? Like, you should be, aren't you nervous? Like, aren't you, like, aren't you, like, isn't your stomach full of butterflies? And Floyd... This is what Triple H said. Floyd would just like sit back and say, "No, I'm I'm pretty calm, relaxed. Um, I um I prepared for this match. I prefer pre prepared for this fight. You know, I did all the training I could. I prepared the best way I could. Now all there is for me to do is just go out there and fight. And if you've given your all in your training, if you've if you've prepared the best way that you can, if you've um." done all the preparation you can, you know, you've put in the hours of work, you know that, you know, you might think, okay, most people, they're going to have 4,000 hours of practice, but I have 5,000. So just mathematically, I'm, I should be better. So all I can do out there, just go play, do my thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shine. I'm, I'm going to shine. Right? And if you think like that, what's there to worry about now? Because you've done all you can. So all you have to do that do now is just go out there and perform. Just go out there, do your thing. You've done all the practice, right? Just think positive thoughts. The night before, a couple of days before, any negative thought in your head, get it out. Just let it float in one, in one part of the brain, other out, out. Even make yourself this noise when you do. So it becomes a habit like you start thinking, oh, I'm going to lose a ball. You think, no, I'm not going to lose a ball. But when Nathan, the center back, passes me the ball, I'm going to take this kind of first touch into space. Or when, it, when it's a corner, I'm going to leap like this. I'm going to jump up and I'm going to make sure I connect it with the forehead. I'm going to use power to twist my body, my neck and my shoulders. I'm going to rocket it in the net. Um, I'm going to think about scoring great goals. I'm going to think about scoring amazing goals. I'm going to get excited for it. I'm going to get excited for it. 
this is a perfect representation of who does this well, Lewandowski. I'm going to think about scoring hat-tricks. I'm going to just think about my best performance, guys, and get all these positive thoughts in my mind, right? That's it. That's it. Who here feels more confident already? Who? Oscar says me. <laughs> Yuka says me. Um, Evan says me. Bess says me. Marco says me. Yeah. Because what I'm saying now, guys, is just self-talk. And that's how you overcome fear as well. Self-talk. You can talk to yourself in a mirror like this. I'm pretending you guys, you guys are in the mirror. And I say, all right, Nick, you've done all the practice. You went out every Monday morning at 6 a.m. and you worked on your dribbling. So don't be afraid to take players on. All right? You did it with the best of your ability. You trained in a way where you're building myelin. You're doing deliberate practice. And you got faster and faster every time you did the inside taps work, uh, inside taps exercise, and you got better when you did the stop and go exercise. And you did all these things, and you got faster and faster and better. And like, so all you can do do now, Nick, is just go out there and do your thing, man. Put a smile on your face, enjoy it, because everybody else is going to be nervous, but you're going to be the one smiling, enjoying the game, and that's what coaches are going to see. Everybody else is going to be like they're cold. And they're shaking and the ball comes to them and they're, oh, I don't want the ball, I don't want the ball, I don't want the ball. No, you're going to play differently. You're going to stand out because you're going to demand the ball. You're going to want it. You're going to be in the position to receive the ball. Your first touch is going to be amazing. All right? It's going to be soft. You're going to take great shots. Self-talk. And these are the things. So, guys, that's what it is, all right? Number one, let's just take it back right now and summarize what we have so far overcoming fear in football, okay, is that we talked about, number one, the penalty, all right? Don't approach that penalty. Don't approach that opportunity that you have. Don't approach that, you know, that chance that you have with fear. Get excited. Know what you're going to do in advance and only think positive thoughts. Only think positive thoughts. <clears throat> number two is self-talk, all right? You've prepared the best way you can. You've done everything you can, you know. You've done everything you can. So all, the, all there is for you to do now is go out there and do it and tell yourself this. Every day before you go to school, just one minute in front of the mirror, tell yourself this. Every time before training, one minute in front of the mirror, in front of your bathroom mirror, and just tell yourself what you've been doing in training, all these things, you know. Number three is replace fear with excitement. Get excited, all right? Think about your best game. Think about how excited you are before your best game. Think about how calm you are. And you apply those three things, guys, and you do it consistently. You think this way consistently. That's how you overcome fear in football. It's just like that. And a bonus fourth one, guys, is, and this is very, very important because this is all what Train Effective is all about, Okay. You cannot train lazily. If you train lazily, you will not play with full confidence on the field because you know you train lazily. You know that you didn't focus during your training. You didn't, you know, your mind was elsewhere thinking about other things. You have to train in a way which is deliberate, which you're always trying to aim for a target. You're always trying to better yourself. You're always trying to get a faster time. 
more more reps in a row you want to hit that target more times in a row and you're practicing in a way where you're learning and growing all the time and you think this way it's going to apply to your performance you're going to be way more confident and that's just it guys all right so that's my short little uh thing about overcoming fear in football question and answer time let's answer a few of your questions i'll take uh i'll take three and then i gotta go um but look at this someone's gonna say hello no not this time all right q and a got q and a time guys who's the best in the world in your opinion asks Rory. Um, I think Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo is the best player in the world. Um, I'm also a big idol. Idolize him because of the level of hard work he's put in since he was such a young age. I just think, you know, what he's doing now, scoring goals and, and consistently 40 goals a season. And he's played in England, Portugal, England, uh, Spain, and now Italy. And he's killing it at his age. When everybody, so many people will try to get at him, get at him. They're trying to bring him down and say, Cristiano, you're getting too old, man. But yet he's still bagging, bagging in, you know, three goals in the Champions League quarterfinal when many other players at that age are thinking about where they can retire. So that's why I think he's the best. Um, best says, how do you play well when you're coming off the bench? By being confident by being excited about coming off the bench and being excited about the difference you can make. Um, I had one of my best games ever when I came off the bench in extra time. Uh, I came off the bench in the 95th minute and it was 1-1. Actually, sorry, it was it was nil-nil. It was the final, the Dutch Cup final. Nil-nil, 1-1. But I saw that I felt like I should have started the game. So I was, I was a bit frustrated about that, but I didn't let it get frustrated me because it was nil-nils and that opportunity came where I was warming up on the sidelines. I looked at the players on the field and I looked at them and I thought, wow, they're tired. They're tired players there. And I thought, you know what? I'm so excited. I trained so well before that. Um, I rested well, recovered well my legs were bouncing, brimming, full of energy. And, and I thought to myself in that game, this is my chance. This is my chance. And I kid you not, guys, the first opportunity within, within about a minute of coming on, um, the opposite, I, I was playing as a right winger. The left winger was coming down. He, he crossed the ball. And I, I got onto the end of the ball first, header, boom, goal. And I celebrated like this because there were a lot of people at that, uh, at that game that day. And everybody was cheering and celebrating. I can't even, it's like jubilation, ecstasy, man. I couldn't even describe that feeling. It was amazing, amazing scoring a goal in a, in a cup final like that. Uh, and it was 1-0, 1-0. And then I got the ball again, making dribbles. Could have made it 2-0, guys. I dribbled like three people. I was electric. I was I was energized, guys. Um, the other team equalized 1-1. So it went to penalties. I scored my penalty. Fully confident with that, man. And so how you play well coming up. And we, we, went, we ended up, winning that, um, winning up winning that game and winning the championship, uh, winning the cup, sorry, and um, in Holland. That was amazing. And, uh, but how do you play well when you're coming off the bench? 
It's just like I described to you. I was excited to come. I, I saw opportunity in these tired players. I thought, you know what? I'm fit. I'm strong. All I need is that ball at my feet. I think I can make something happen. I believed that. I believed I could come and score the winning goal. You know? I believe I could make a difference for the team. That was that. That was that, guys. Victor, what advice do you have for a late bloomer who wants to be successful in football? The best advice I'd say is that look at the other stories of other late bloomers in football. And there are many late bloomers in football, guys. Um, perfect example is, is the ones at my blog. Um, if you go to nickhumph.net and you type in, like if you Google nickhumph.net uh, late bloomers, you're going to see the 25 people that made it late in football, made it maybe after the age of 16 or just, just late in general, um, came to came to their prominence late in general. In general, You can check that out But because there's so many stories. There's Drogba. Um, Drogba was 21 when um, he realized he had to, you know, become a professional footballer, make his first team debut. Um Jogba never attended a football academy, you know. Ian Wright, um, Ian Wright signed his first professional deal when he was 22 years old. Um, you know, so many. Eden Dzeko, famous player for Man City. Um, he was, you know, 21 when he got his break at Wolfsburg. Um, Matt Smith, he did university and everything, Um but he was like, I think, 26, 27 years old before he ever got a professional contract. Jay Demerit, the Jay Demerit move. Do you guys know Jay Demerit? If you had to choose any late bloomer here, pick Jay Demerit. Okay, do you guys know Jay Demerit? Yeah. Watch the movie about Jay Demerit. Inspiring story. Um, it's called Rise and Shine. And it talks about how Jay Demerit at the age of 20-something, 20 22 maybe, 23, uh, he didn't get select for any, selected for any MLS teams. So he took a ticket over to England. Um, I think he had $400 in his pocket. And um, he made his way to starting off in the eighth or ninth tier of, of English football. Um, then he started getting paid 30 pounds a week. And then things progressed and he moved... Um, he moved. He then played in the preseason friendly against Watford. Watford saw him, saw potential in him, signed him, and um, he started. He he eventually played in the Premier League as a centre back. So Jay Demerit, perfect example. Perfect example. <clears throat> so one more question, guys, and I'm and I'm off thirty days of dedication out um, for today. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take two questions. Because I'll take three questions, okay, real quick, because two of them very quick. Yike, what's the best spot to shoot a penalty? Low or high in the corners? Low in the corners. Um... For low in the corners for a normal shot, like in a game, but high in a penalty. Statistically, the high corners, um, they can't be stopped. So 
if you look at the statistics. Luke says, how much did you get paid when you pro? Um, I didn't I didn't play, I didn't sign a professional. So I I was I've been offered a contract to play professionally. But for example, when I was offered a contract to play when I was 18, I didn't take it. Um because there were some terms there which were I'll I'll talk about it in another story. But um but but basically for a professional player you can expect to earn anywhere depending on the country you're playing in. You know, for example, somewhere like in Hungary, you could start off with eight hundred US dollars um in a third division team. Eight hundred US dollars a month. Um when you are playing in I mean name a country, the MLS. MLS starting salary is fifty I think it's forty to fifty thousand dollars US dollars a year. Um Holland, UK when I was playing in Holland we was earning so in the first team if you won a game or if you played in the first team match you'd get between 100 and 150 euros now that was at the semi professional level at like fourth uh, like fifth division um if you're playing professionally usually you'd start off with yeah 1000 between 1000 to 2000 euros a month um, and that's if you got a professional contract. So, USL in America, I know it's changed in the last few years, but when I when I knew about it five years ago, um, USL players would get paid five hundred dollars a month, five hundred US dollars a month on average. Um, and that was one source, one guy I knew in Amsterdam. I was playing with him. Um, he uh he played in the USL in California and that was his salary, five hundred US dollars a month. Um yeah. Sometimes they give you accommodation and match and meals and stuff like that. They might cover that, but but I remember that was that was what he was getting. So so there's a big difference, guys, in USL or MLS or you know, um Hungary. In, in parts of Asia. I mean, in Australia, it's different everywhere. So when you think about Premier League players earning £100,000 a week, you just got to realize that it's because those Premier League players are in the top 1% of all professional footballers. Okay? There are about, uh, I think, somewhere between ten to 15,000 professional footballers in the world. Um, the Premier League represents about 200 players, 250 players. So if you put that in perspective, that is literally the top 2 3% in the world. And that's why they command the kind of wages they do. Um, because the Premier League has such a global audience. So, so much money in the Premier League. Um, Bundesliga, France, um, Spain... Yes, also you, those professional players will get paid a lot, but usually, um, on average, not as much as Premier League, England, Premier League or Championship, you know? So, so that's it. Um, last question. I know I was going to say three questions, answer two, but I thought that was interesting. Um, Sharuk, 
this is the last, very last question. What should, and if you've got more questions at Nikomf Instagram or at Train Effective, right, go there. Uh, Sharuk says, what should someone do if he doesn't feel rising in football after one month of training? So Sharuk, you need to do 12 months and you need to practice deliberately and you need to, I mean, of course you're going to improve, but you need to set benchmarks for yourself. You need to think to yourself, you know, what time are you getting on that drill? How many rep repetitions in a row are you doing on that drill? You know, you got to set yourself goals, man. You got to be effective. That's it. All right, guys. Um, nice to nice to see you guys all again. I'm just gonna give a big shout out to um, gonna give a big shout out to Yike, Afsul, Oscar, Fika, Evan, Vasu, Mickey, Nick, Nicole. Hello, Nicole. First time seeing you here. Doran, Shiruk, Marcos. Thank you for coming again. Best, thank you for coming again. Victor, you too. Rory, Matthew, Max, I don't think I've seen you before. David, great to see you. Uh, I see a lot of you on your phones. Um, just letting you guys know, like, the best experience of this thing, whole thing is when you look at it on a laptop, maybe a tablet, um, or just a computer in general. Like, it's just way better, usually. Um, phone is a bit tricky. So, anyway, guys. Um, thank you, Nick. Great webinar once again. Thank you. What are the two words, guys? What are the two words before we sign off out of here? Yes. The first word, the first phrase is what? And the second is stay effective, guys. Stay effective. All you guys, stay effective. Thanks for coming. I hope to see you guys again tomorrow. We're going to learn something new again. Um, and stay effective, guys. All right? See you later. Peace.